Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 33. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. Hello, my friends. And we got Yard Sale. Yo. And there's Fence Post. Hello now. And we even got lukewarm hands. I mean, cool hands. <laughs> What's up? Man. That's good. That's a good one, man. I really wow. like that one. <laughs> People are going to be lukewarm like, so gross. Lukewarm hands. <laughs> <laughs> What's he been touching? <laughs> I think that woke up... Uh, Oh, good friend Scott. I think he's ready. Uh, uh, All it took was some lukewarm hands. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, Kyle. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, becoming a regular. Yeah, in no time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to you, I lost twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that you would never come back on this train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had twenty more bucks, you could buy a goblin, but we know that won't happen. Yeah. No, but I could save thirty nine dollars. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, twenty bucks is twenty bucks. You know. That's all you. Yeah. The That's biggest thing for me is the free shipping stuff. So it's like, oh man, mm, especially like, when they tell you they're like, oh, you're only fifty three dollars away from free shipping. You're right? like, oh well, shit. Oh man, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh gosh. That's awesome. Well, uh, you guys want to roll into it? Let's do this. Let's I want to jump it. into it. All right, we'll jump. <laughs> Let's do it. At first. Enter crisscross music. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for downloading, streaming, and listening to our podcast. We certainly do appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, let's get to some weeks. Gooch, what you got? Oh, man. I got four bullets. Mm. I flew on Friday. I flew on Sunday. I flew on Tuesday. And maybe I'm going to fly tomorrow. I don't know yet. Mm. That's a lot of flying for me. That is a lot of flying. Yeah, you're I am really back. coming back in full force, man. Yep. <laughs> Smoking YS engines. I mean, you name it. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's exciting. You didn't think that, that. En- Yeah, Mike didn't think that engine is going to survive, but. No, truck- well, your, your cooling duct was like. Your fan shroud was like <laughs> dripping onto the engine when you landed. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So yeah, I was flying Sunday with Mike and uh, and the gang. I mean, it was probably what twenty of us or so. Uh, uh, between us and the plane guys, yeah. Yeah, and um, I had a heli. You know, I took out my Drake because I haven't flown in. I don't know, like since September, and uh, it decided to go from like somewhat not you know lean but not really and then it just went lean in a matter of like two seconds it turned out to be the plug mm. the plug got me so yeah got that fixed and uh cool it down <laughs> i mean uh, todd dudek was like just start it dude just start it and get it cooled and it'll be fine and then he's like spraying like alcohol <laughs> rubbing alcohol on the on the crankcase to cool it down i'm like i don't know what's going on here but as long as this engine runs and it did. I mean, I, I was flying it today. I think I have, oh, I had uh, eight flights on it this weekend altogether. So nice. Man, that Drake flies so good. I don't know what it is it? about that model, but it's locked. Yeah, I've thought about uh, getting another one of those eventually. Just you so- just sold one. Mm. <laughs> well, that was like yeah. six months ago. Oh, do you mean the Nitro? 
Yeah. Not true. I thought you were talking about your Black Thunder. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was like, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. weeks. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm not giving this one. I don't care if Mike you know doubles up his his offer for it i'm not giving it back so. <laughs> yeah right you know is I mean, that gonna happen you, mike i'll give you four cheetos <laughs> there's no <laughs> way dude that thing that thing flies really good and <laughs> i mean I'll the best... it, it, it did fly pretty good when i had it yeah i haven't flown it since you did your <laughs> your yeah, v-bar setup yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you more than welcome mike you just gotta ask you know, for it. Well, yeah. So, um, got some flying done. The cool, one of the cool things that I did this weekend was fly to nitroxy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I, I think it's Kyle's here. I'm be def- careful. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I, I didn't think it was, you know, it's just not for me. Like, maybe it's because it's too light. <laughs> the way Mike had it set up, like, I don't know what it is, but it, it, it didn't fly bad, but it, it just, it didn't fit. The way I fly, I guess. Did Mike have and, the old man set up on it? Yeah, it was kind of, you know, Grandpa wanted his heli back, but <laughs> it, it wasn't That's bad. It's just, it was just, you know, it was just not set up the way I wanted set up. And I mean, but I will say this, it just definitely felt light. I just don't know if it was quite locked in the way I would. I like the the helis I fly. You know, I don't know what it was though. Mike, you should have learned by now that when you hand the radio to Gucci, Gucci wants all the gain, all the agility, yeah, and all the. Rates. I've never, I've never handed him a helicopter that he's actually liked how it, <laughs> how it felt like with my settings. He's like, ah, eh, a little slow. <laughs> like, right. Okay. I I would have asked him to set it up to give me some more agility or rate. But then again, that would have been like a three-day fiasco. He would have had to get a desktop on those two thousand. Oh yeah, hey, icon. Yeah, I had to plug my <laughs> TI eighty-nine calculator into it. <laughs> but yeah, so we did. We did flying. It was just awesome to see everybody. I guess I've been missing in action because I was so busy with the rental houses and stuff. But it was cool to see everybody and um, and just do some good old flying. I mean, I don't think that flatline was set empty the whole day we were out there. Somebody was flying, so that's awesome. That was pretty cool. And even Matt came out. Matt Botos, Matt okay. and Amy came down. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I sent them. I think it was on Thursday um, or Friday. I just sent him a message. Say, hey, we're gonna gather up on Sunday if if you're interested. And he's like, oh, I'll see if we're free. And he showed up. Everybody was like, Matt is here. I'm like. Yeah, I kind of invited him <laughs> and all the, nice. you know, it was just cool to see them. Man, Good. He, he flies, you know, like it, it, he hasn't changed the way he flies close in. And, you know, maybe he doesn't do as much quick stuff, but, you know, he, once he you get him going with autos, you better take, grab a seat, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, some of those autos were, were pretty incredible. You know, but then again, you know, like even Kyle, you know, he's with us. It's it's the old school, you know, the the time where you know there was a lot of time spent perfecting. I mean, because we saw Kyle at Charlotte. I mean, you were <laughs> conserving everything out of that heli, you know, that head. Mm. Yeah, it's a learned skill. It's a learned skill. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's education. <laughs> That's right. No, it, it's just, I don't know what it is because I watch you, Kyle, you know, doing autos and I watch somewhere like Matt and you could see it's just, there's some common theme that I don't know what it is, just 
I don't know if it's just the old school way of, of learning autos or what it was. Because I don't know if you ever, like, if you guys learn from the same person or you interacted or with the same person kind of through your yeah. years coming up, you know? Kyle taught them all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I taught Matt Bodas everything he knows. <laughs> no, I think a lot of it really had to do with learning autos back with a fly bar. You had to do everything you could to maintain head speed. And it got a whole boatload easier with fly barless. So it was a little bit kind of a, not a walk in the park, but everything we learned translated over really well to fly barless. It's interesting. There you go. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, it's things like that. It just, I don't know. It's still mesmerizing to me is to be able to see him fly. And, you know, he's still, you know, he he had that 696. I mean, he was romping on that thing. And all he's got is a, what, 130 amp ESC yeah. in it? Call me wing 130. Yeah. Funny. Dude, that has to be at least 2300. He's running on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Bad yeah but yeah so we did some flying um didn't really do much wrenching really um i did find out that the cracked frame for my kraken 700 um it's still cracked it actually unglued itself so must have been when uh mitch planted the uh the helicopter uh when i let him try it but i did let mitch booth never flown a 700 nitro before i did let him to uh, let him try the 700 nitro so he was uh, pleasantly surprised. He's like, it's actually not bad. I'm like, what do you think? You know, it's 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 the same kind of, so to speak. You know, a lot more stable. At least he noticed that. So that was cool. And that's it. Very that's nice. all I got. Cool. Yeah. Scott, what oh. you got, buddy? Man, so I have been so busy with work. I really haven't been flying that much, but last Sunday I did get to go to the field. Hmm. Uh, but I didn't fly. A helicopter i flew a glider <laughs> no, a glider one of those yeah it was like an e-flight i don't know foamy glider or whatever it was like a two meter wingspan or something but it was awesome it had ailerons it had a rudder elevator and uh, yeah i flew the shit out of that thing the guy was like stay uh stay one mistake and out of stock high because <laughs> you can't buy anymore right. apparently they're all out of stock everywhere but is it the radian yeah. or something no it wasn't a radian those only have rudder control but i forget the name of it it's like a yellow and, and black and white one from e-flight but total badass little four cell glider so I'm, I'm flying it around repping like like it's not a glider doing aileron rolling circles and stuff and shit like that it was fun as hell did i did i introduce the show as heliheads i'm sorry this is all things that fly um, oh right yeah yeah this is this is free fall rc <laughs> right uh well cool man that's awesome yeah yeah the only reason i didn't um didn't fly helis was because i got called into work that morning and uh i ended up working till about two thirty, three o'clock and the guys were already at the field that was seven miles from work so i just drove over there and hung out for the rest of the day without a helicopter so hmm. i got a couple flights on on mike's 580 uh, electric which was fun he was running that on 7s and then i flew that glider nice but it was a good day yeah and what are your thoughts on the that, 7s i'm kind of curious sorry to interrupt what are your thoughts oh on no the 7S? It's, it's mental on 7s it's yeah. geared and set up and programmed as if it was a 6s hmm. You do the um, that fifty percent calibration again with a seven S, and the thing's ripping at like twenty six hundred RPM. It wow. doesn't really sag, and it's got um, you know it's lightweight still. Hmm. It's mental. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's an interesting setup. 
Um, other than that, I've been uh, making nitro, nitro, yes. more nitro, and more nitro. And uh, oh yeah, grape scented nitro. Yes, <laughs> that's been consuming my time. Is getting that little side project going. Very cool. That's man. it. Yeah, nothing All crazy. Right. Mike, what'd you do? Yeah, so I'm kind of almost in the same boat as you. Uh, work's been be- keeping me pretty cre- uh, pretty busy, so didn't get to do a whole lot of flying. Snuck out a couple times. Uh, once on each weekend for a little while, but um, I did end up figuring out what was going on with my Protos Nitro. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it last episode or not, but I had where it kind of like was the the disc looked like it was oscillating and acting really weird. I hit throttle hold and it was like pitch pumping up and down. The engine was revving up and down and I finally got it on the ground and it rolled itself over so was a little bit afraid to uh figure out what was going on with it and try it again so i just brought it home tore into it looked over all the wires didn't see anything and i determined that i actually fell victim to another uh bad solder joints in a icon unit crazy or i made them go bad i don't know i think i'm making them go bad because both times it's happened to me, it's been on a nitro. And I'm not sure if I'm not like dampening the unit enough and it's getting vibration because the solder where the uh, pins get soldered to the board, that's where it's cracking at. So you can actually move the like the plugs up and down and make it connect and disconnect. Mm. So would you like uh, uh, would you like some of your neos back? I can mail those back if you Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd offer. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of funny though, because like I got out of the V bar stuff because I was worried about problems. Yeah, and worked my way right into actual problems. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, I pretty much uh, think I'm just gonna go back to uh, tail gyros. There you go. Now we're talking. Blew some bamboo skewers on my head so I can put paddles on it, and that's it. Nah, you don't need paddles. Yep. Yeah, just don't fly big air. Just fly smack. It's fine. Doesn't need pedals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I ordered some different mounting tape that Todd Dudek uses. Uh, this extreme mounting tape from 3M. It's like a foamier kind of tape. So I'm going to try that and double it up and see what I uh, see if I can make that work. But it sucks because I had to buy another icon to put on there. Mm. Um. But, you know, is what it is. We're kind of limited for options these days in the hobby, unfortunately. We kind of are. Uh, I did go pick up a donated hot box for our club. That oh. sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a big wooden box that uh, Todd Dudek donated to the club. Nice. I guess they used it at a, a club that he belongs to over in Pennsylvania. And they don't use it anymore, so we brought it over, went out to his field with the trailer, loaded it up, and brought it back to our field. We're going to try it out this winter. Nice. But it's basically designed to hold a heater inside of it, and when you're flying, you climb inside this box and, like, just your shoulders and your head stick out of it. Everything else is inside the box. You close the door behind you and fly. Um, <laughs> it'll probably keep you warm, but I'm a little worried if you got to get out of the way. Like, you're just going to have to, like, go Super Mario Brothers and duck down inside That's the right. box, I guess. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, yeah, 
it'll be interesting. And I, like, it feels kind of weird just standing in it. So I think it's going to be like for me, when people have those pilot barriers up, if I stand behind one of those, I feel like anxious the whole time for some reason. Right. So I have to like stand next to it or in front of it. Uh, so I don't know how this box is going to work out for me personally, but we're going to try it out and see what happens. Uh, like Gucci said, we had a good turnout this past weekend at the field. We got a lot of flying in. Uh, I took a couple planks out with me. Busted out my EDF jet again. The one that I just fixed from last time I did a nose slide down the runway. And I broke it again. (laughs) (laughs) So the new landing gear that I put on the front wouldn't come down when I went to land. So I had to land it in the grass and it flipped and tumbled and broke a bunch of stuff. So, oh, wow. So that was broke. And then, uh, started playing around with my gas 3d plane, dragging the rudder around on the ground. And, uh, I hit the rudder a little bit harder than I wanted to. And usually when that happens, the, the airplane tries to like fall down on the, the wheels. Like it doesn't want to go up because the tail is on the ground. Hmm. So you have like no elevator control. And I went full throttle and, Belly flopped the landing gear onto the ground. Oh my gosh. And uh, broke the landing gear and it comes sliding around on one wheel and one wingtip. And luckily it didn't hit the prop or anything. So just got to buy a new set of landing gear. I think I'll be good to go for it. Yeah. But uh, didn't break any heli, so that's good. And that's pretty much it. All right. So, Kyle, what you been up to, man? Any flying? Uh, a little bit of flying. Uh, not really fun flying, per se. Just been working on a promotional video for SAB lately. Uh, I kind of talked a little bit about it on Facebook. Uh, I'm doing a video comparing 6S versus 12S on the Kraken 580. Nice. So, yeah, I have it set up actually three three different ways now. And the videos kind of kind of outline all the differences and what it feels like and what to expect for power and flight time and setup and, and stuff like that. So that's been consuming my time after uh, the long days at BK Hobbies. But other than that, just kind of coming up with Black Friday stuff. Um, you know, now that's kind of in the slower season, we're working on different products we can bring in and sell, try and cater to the entire audience of the RC Heli world and, you know, other RC worlds as well. So just working, trying to trying to keep the business going and, you know, doing stuff for SAB. Just staying busy as usual. Cool, man. Looking forward to that video. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be good. Should be informative, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, So mine's pretty pretty slim as well. Uh, I did finally complete the 580-12S, got that all buttoned up, ready to go. Uh, did get some uh, new blades in from our boy Kyle. Got some of those 603XFs in. Love those blades. So uh, both 6S and 12S are ready for the full pull, and or fall pull, sorry. And um, <laughs> Kyle gave me his blessing on my 2200 Bank 3 head speed on the 12S. Apparently 2380 is not okay. I don't know why. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, so, no need. Uh, what's that? No need, no need. No need, no need. Um, so one thing that... Um, I'm not sure if Ben and I talked about, or if I've talked about it on the show, I can't remember now, but uh, we have a good friend who has a crap ton of 450 helis, and like these are 
the like Gen One, I think, four hundred and fifty T Rex. <laughs> so they're you know the very first of the first. And so is it the got, silver plastic frames? It's the plastic frame where the battery tray is like pretty small. Like it's almost like it takes like a cube battery or something. Yeah, it's silver, right? Um, it's black. It's not silver. No, the first gen was silver. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, I do have um <laughs> some of the silver rotor head parts and a swash that's silver so there's all kinds of stuff in this box it's crazy actually boxes i have like five that's going to go with me to fall pool and hope that somebody buys something i probably seriously have like 15 or 20 450 booms some of them are carbon i mean yeah it's crazy you do realize that everyone's flying combat with 450s at that event right so i wish i could have done something about it sooner but unfortunately Maybe if they buy this stuff, they'll have it ready for chill out. I don't know. Or you can just fly it yourself and destroy it all. Well, no, I have. <laughs> so, okay, fair. But I have one that flies and it is gunning for um, first Cliff, place. Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Lewis is 600. I'm, oh I'm, I'm taking it out. Me and Ben, nice. we're on a mission. It, it's coming down. So, uh, that's my aim. Uh, but I do have one that flies. Ben has one that flies, uh, but he's getting nostalgic on me where he's like, I don't know if I want to crash it, man. This thing's way too cool. <laughs> so we'll, we're either going to have to con him into it or, you know, get him another one ready or something. Cause there's some stuff in there. It has like servos and everything. So I don't know. And motors a whole nine, but, uh, at any rate, uh, got that going, uh, of course, got the 12S going. Of course, then I have the Avant. I've been a busy boy with like building, more or less. I haven't really done a lot of flying. Um, but the Avant is very close. Uh, tomorrow, because it is a holiday, I will have all day to try and get that thing buttoned up and cranked off and just ready to rip. So hopefully, we'll we'll be able to have some fun with that at the uh, fall pool there. So... But other than that, man, nothing nothing really to report. I did go out and fly on last week Friday afternoon and <laughs> I charged the batteries up last minute and loaded my daughters up as soon as I get done with school around two o'clock and I head out to the field. I was able to get four flights off before the rain hit and of course we hightailed it out of there. So that's really all I've done is the four flights and just all the buildings. So that's all I've been up to, nothing else. But what we got next, Scott? What is hot? What is hot? Hit it, Daniel. We got anything in there at all? Uh, it's been pretty slim, yeah. To be honest, you know, um, the only thing I saw was the uh, was it the uh, Protoss Max? Are they are those shipping yet? Or oh no no the, the Evo, the Evo. There yeah. you go. Um, are those shipping out yet? Or I think that's so. Just... I asked Chris Nutt, are they are they selling? And he said yes. So I. Uh, A-Main has the yellow one yellow. for sale. Yep. yep. For eight seventy five. Yep. It's not yep. a bad price. It's pretty good, huh? I mean, I love the canopy, but that's about it. <laughs> the canopy um, and the boom, you know? Okay. You don't want <laughs> flaccid skids? I had one, uh, but like the MSH ones before yeah. XL Power was involved. Dude, that yeah. thing was like 13 and a half pounds. Uh, but is this one? That's the question. Uh, I can't imagine it being much less. Because they, like, had a special plastic blend lower frame that I had on it that's supposed to save a pound. A pound? Or not a pound. (laughs) Uh, 
I forget how much it was, 100 grams or something like that. Oh, I was going to say, saving 100. Saving <laughs> yeah, they went, they went from titanium to plastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking lead shot to plastic. <laughs> uh, so I do see in here that they have a conversion kit for some of you. I, I'm assuming this might be where you could change your nitro over, maybe, but it comes with the canopy and also uh, the boom and tail tail linkage rod for 318 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I suppose if you wanted to change over, maybe that could be done. It looks like it could be done from the shape of the tail boom at the front there. So yeah, kind of yeah. cool. I mean, I don't know if it's lighter than the other proto stuff. I have no idea. We'll have to uh, hit Chris up at Fallpool and see what he says. Because mm-hmm. he's going to have one there. So, Pretty neat, though. Yeah. Options. I like options. Yeah. So there you go, Mike. It's all you, buddy. Uh, I just looked. Uh, Cajun Aircraft actually sells them now, too. Oh, cool. Oh, here, here we go. Here's... Uh, I'm sorry. So what's the difference here? We got the Evolutione, right? Now how you say it? For 700 conversion, red is $318. Except up here we have... Oh, that's the 380 conversion. I'm sorry. Never mind. But you Big could convert difference. your 380 for 100 bucks with Canopy and Boom. So there's that. Holy crap. A 380 Boom is 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah. but it's an Evolutione. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. a Black Thunder Boom is like that price. Yeah. 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 For a 700. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. 700 prices for a 3D. I dig it. Yeah. yeah. I'll go you know, for it. expert, expert level. No, it's just interesting that, it, you know, definitely Raw is coming back out with it. You know, he's not holding back, which is the cool part about it. Because he could have very well just scrubbed it and just taken some things out of it you know right he needs to get this stuff over with and and get to work on the sphincter nitro yeah Mm. that would be cool right i mean Mm -hmm. even if he did you know a 550 nitro like Eh, that would be clutch oh man dude i think especially as light as that thing is oh my gosh Eh. anti huh nah you said no need. 700 no is the only way to go for nitro. All right. <laughs> I don't know about that, Mike. Yeah, until you're flowing yeah. 580 nitro. Yep. He's, he's holding uh... strong. Supposedly, like, I gave uh, Mitch Booth the, you know, I infected him with the 580 nitro <laughs> virus. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think that 585 like, is really good. They're like rabbits at Nighthawks. <laughs> that's true so we did nothing but take a bunch of pictures with 580s 580 nitros on friday when me todd and and mitch flew just yeah and Mike. by the way you guys weren't supposed to be there sunday you guys had your goblin day on friday so sunday's now no goblin, <laughs> goblin day. day well listen mike let's put this on the table we showed up and what was mike doing as much grief as you give me about my ys engines was he putting the wing bolts on his airplanes what was i doing no, Apparently, he's literally like hanging oh, yeah. inside the tank in, in uh, nitroxy was like just cannot withstand the pressure in the fuel tank. Mm. So he had to take the whole thing apart. That was that shitty ass clunk line they give you with them. <laughs> you should have seen how thin it was. <laughs> Does a 580 come with a shitty clunk line? 
No. No. That's why he's got it. That's what he's got in his nitroxy now. It's a, it's a B. Shut up, Dan. Kyle's like, Kyle's like, best show ever. Shut up, Dan. Come on. <laughs> Don't tell <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yep, Todd Dudek. You know, yeah. every chance he, Todd gets, like, he inputs, like, SAB parts into other helicopters. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have yeah, that so part. Does, does That's Todd like get, like, special? Does Todd get hot? special order? Clunk line in pink and purple, or is that is <laughs> no? That is uh, that's Todd being Todd for you right there. Mm. Yeah, beautiful Italian that's the design. Yeah. <laughs> pink fuel line. It's it's the colore, colore. Yeah, it's uh, way better than evolution. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know. I I think it's cool that they're coming out with the Protoss line, but I don't know. We'll see what time brings. Yeah, I, I'm with Mike, though. I would like to see more of a focus on some XL Power stuff. I really would. I mean, even yeah. if... And I know there's going to be other people out there in the audience who are going to be like, Bleh! but I would really love to see uh, a genuine, like, shrunken 700 to a 600 or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just me. What? Yeah. I would love to see a 600. I think that'd be awesome. A 600 what? Electric, I mean, or even a nitro too, but I mean, uh, an electric would be cool. They already make one. It's a 550. It's not a Logo 600. 690. <laughs> Jesus. The shrinky dink. Uh, <laughs> it's like a mouse fart of a 700. <laughs> I like my Logo 690, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Kyle could help us out. What was the Mikado Super Secret Power Distribution Project? Oh Oh God! I wish I knew. I I, I bugged Kyle Dahl for like weeks about it. And, and I'm still waiting for it. I'm still yeah, waiting for it. <laughs> uh I was given a hint, and I don't. I mean, I don't want to cross the the friendship barrier with him and I. Yeah. But it's it's not something blatantly obvious. I mean, it it apparently appeared in a Mikado promo video. I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. So. <laughs> I don't know. Kyle is like, I don't know what this is. Is yeah. it revolutionary though? Is it going to change our hobby? I have no idea because I couldn't. I can never really figure out what it was. So he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I, truthfully, truthfully, I really have no idea. Okay. Yeah. So you're using eight gauge wire instead of ten gauge now. Instead of <laughs> it's lighter. Well, I thought it was just a bunch of baloney. I'm like, what are you flying like 13s or something? Like, I mean, where are we going with this? But yeah, he wouldn't tell me. Hmm. Now is the uh, the Genesis shipping out yet, or is it still in the like pre-order phase for Genesis? the SAP? Yeah, the Urukai Genesis. It's not even in uh, pre-order phase yet. They're still working on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. they're doing. Way to let that one out of the bag, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're just working on stuff with I think the scheme, and they're developing blades for it right now. I don't know. I'm not super in tune with that one. For yeah, any other reasons. models coming? Yep. Nice. Oh, Lord help us. Yep. <laughs> Hear that, Mike? Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Every Sunday at Nighthawks is Goblin Day. Apple. Yep. The only thing I can tell you is that it's nothing like soon though. So it's like don't don't get excited for something coming out next week or even this year. Like it's just stuff that's in the pipeline for down down the line. So if you're eyeing like an orange kraken or a yellow kraken or something, just go for it because this is not anything that's coming out in the near future. But awesome. there's always something coming up and always something being cooked up. So 
crack Sounds 800. Like for sure. 800? Uh, yeah. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No. If you, if you do, nah. can you please scale the skids properly, unlike the Mikado one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mikado red feet. Yeah. <laughs> the red feet. <laughs> I don't know. I hear a lot of people wanting like a Kraken 420 or a Kraken 480. That's what I hear a lot of, it seems. I never understood the 480 thing. I see Eric Shue is all about the Kraken 480, but I don't I don't get that one. Because he got a logo 480 and he loved it, but he hated the fact it was a logo. And he's like, why can't SAB make one? <laughs> but he's not the only one. I seem uh, when he posted that, like other people kind of followed suit. There were some other folks too. I thought I don't get it. It's yeah. one of Eric's yeah. fake accounts. He's trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to <laughs> boost numbers. Uh, hmm. Tell him to buy a five A and just take a Dremel to it. Problem solved. <laughs> nice. Yeah. There you go. Uh, or just let fly Jason it. fly it. Cut the tail off. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that's a crack in two hundred. Yeah, no, those are just some of the things that I was actually kind of tracking in the line. I was like, you know, what else is out there supposed to come out? So, yeah, yeah. that's all I have. I don't, I don't think, all right. did, you, did you guys see anything else? I, I don't, man, I've been so busy. I haven't had a chance to really even pay yeah. attention. That's it. So, <clears throat> Nitro. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what is hot? Yeah. It gets hot. It yes. gets hot. Like thirty percent hot? Hell yeah. Not okay, too hot. Scott. You got any grapes in here? Hmm. <laughs> so tell tell us about the new um nitro fuel adventure you started. Can you give us a little bit more info of you know, yeah. the latest info of what you're delivering? here in the near future so i met a dude who has been making nitro fuel kind of on the side low key for his buddies and he's wanted to make it big but he's an airplane guy and he only ever knew airplane people so you know he made you know, a couple gallons a month or whatever and it was just like a little side gig and they they did their thing and i met the guy at the field and i'm like you want to start making more nitro can you make custom blends? And he made me a couple gallons of, of whatever I wanted. We tried a few different things, different oils and stuff like that, and um, ended up flying the latest blend of it at the... What, what event was that, Kevin? Uh, Where I slammed into the potato field and kept yeah, going? Yeah, uh, what is it, <laughs> Wayne Aeromodelers something? Yeah, that was it, Wayne Aeromodelers event. It was... Uh, In uh, Greensboro. Yeah. Goldsboro. Goldsboro? Goldsboro, Goldsboro. Yeah, Holy yeah, yeah. cow. Okay. So I flew there. I think we flew the whole gallon that day. And it was ripping. And everyone liked the smell of it. And it was pretty good. So we kind of decided maybe we try and spread the word and get some other people some affordable nitro. And it was supposed to be just like our group of friends. So I think we got it for like thirty-seven fifty a gallon, which is a lot better than you can get other nitro prices for unless you do like massive group buys oh, yeah 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 you'd have to buy like six cases or something and have a bunch of friends to get it cheaper but this is that price whether you buy one gallon or you buy a hundred gallons so 
um yeah the guy was all for it we made up some cool labels eric shu printed them out um eric works for a printing company does some awesome work so i photoshopped it up one night got it going he made the labels and we stuck them on tonight and my car is currently full of many many gallons of very dangerous liquid yes so i hope it doesn't explode over the night (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Uh... it's just literally a project to make fuel more affordable for people in the area um make fuel available really to be honest well, yeah, now they, you know because a lot of people are struggling with that it's not a they'll pay even 40 dollars a gallon it's just hard to get at times yeah we don't really right. want we're not trying to make money or anything like me personally i make zero from the whole thing like <laughs> that's it there's no profit but uh the guy that's making it he's in the same boat he just he loves engines he loves nitros his hobby is literally just nitro motors is what he really likes um but he's he's kind of gone off the deep end with this whole project he's bought himself two nitro helis now and he's getting all into it and he wants me to help teach him how to fly helis and he's he's thrilled so really cool guy that is awesome yeah yeah way to go scott you converted another planker (laughs) i got one other news news eye Mm. uh yeah so keith williams has teamed up with uh jim boss and has some frames that he's selling for the t-rex 600n to make it a direct to swash uh helicopter so very cool if you guys want to get into that you get a hold of keith hit him up on facebook or i think he has a website that kc 3d printing Hmm. um you guys can check him out on there he might even have them listed on there i'm not sure so yeah i want to give a shout out to keith yeah, hit up K Dub. Get him sold. Mm-hmm. Hear that, Shaggy? He's the only other person I know with one of those. <laughs> I used to have one of those. Yeah, good. It was a fun helicopter. It was, yeah. All that right, was your, that was your your bread and butter, Kevin. Oh, totally, it was. Yeah, that was the the learning tool for sure. I love that one. Not enough to buy it again, though. No. Yeah, nah. You know, 580 Nitro, Mike, you know? I even if it had a 3GX on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder how much spare part sales that 3GX got them. Well, I watched Kevin try to hover one, and it was doing hurricanes, so. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty uh, sophisticated unit. That's right. Good idea. Sell a fly bar list that makes it crash so you can sell parts. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the Alive Auto, ain't it? No. Oh man. Put it out all fucked heart. up the first time and then charge them for the upgrades to make it right. <laughs> That's mean. Uh, sorry, Ben Stork. Sorry, Alan Zabo. <laughs> 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 sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Aren't they the only two left? I don't know. No, Brent has one now. There we go. So yeah. Three people. All right, moving on. Uh so Scott. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, oh, we have uh, football school. Football school. Football school. All right. Football school. Let's get into it. Yeah. So we're still gonna film last week's because we're gonna do it at RCHO. Yes. Yes. I'm convinced. Do you remember, do you remember what it was? Yeah, I remember what it was because we talked loop, about right? it on five episodes. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure that finally do the loops. <laughs> finally, this do the loops. This is a loops. maneuver that'll never yeah. happen. Oh, I'm convinced, man. <laughs> so yeah, we're filming that this weekend, and then we'll release that like right after the event. 
And then this podcast is going to air, and we should try and launch this at the same time. So I think what we're going to do this week is we're going to do candlesticks. Mm. And if you're not familiar with candlesticks, you basically fly, you know, normal forward flight, pull up till it stalls out, start flying backwards, and then pull out with back elevator until you're flying upside down backwards. And then you pull back elevator again, boom goes up in the air till it stalls out come straight down and then pull back elevator again, you're flying upright and you just do those same altitude, same altitude, same height. And they're supposed to look like candlesticks. Hmm. Um, so that'll be the, the beginner kind of intermediate challenge. And then the advanced challenge will be candlesticks in a circle. So same principle, but you're going to turn around and you're going to do four to six candlesticks in a circuit. All right. Well, I look forward to the video. Yeah. I look forward to the crash. <laughs> Good luck with you still, that one. You still chasing that one? <laughs> oh, gosh. You're chasing that one? I was saying the, the crash. Have, oh. have you crashed yet in doing the video? I haven't, actually. Um, oh. Someday it'll happen. Oh, it will. It's going to be sweet. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to just like plant it in the dirt and turn around and just smile at the camera. And <laughs> <laughs> say, it's good luck. Tune in next week for how good to luck. really do Let's it. See your video. <laughs> <laughs> just end it on that. It's going to be so no, no. blessed. <laughs> have, have you stand there in disbelief and then turn around and say, anyone got another helicopter? <laughs> no, just, just look down and start clicking the switch for hold on and off. <laughs> He's going to do something. Or start hitting rescue so it goes, rescue start. Rescue end. Rescue end. Mike, oh, man. Mike would be like, anybody got a laptop? I got to make a setting change. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. All oh. right. Very cool. Anybody have anything else? All right. Let's take a break and we will be right back. Right back. I like turtles. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Mike Sobe, team pilot for Only Fine Helis. I didn't join to just be a part of a team. I joined because I like what the Turner family offers the hobby. The Turner family goes above and beyond to help their customers. Whether you're shopping for kits, blades, or servos, Shannon has you covered. Order online or head out to the mobile hobby shop at a local fun fly. Just make sure it's onlyfindhelis.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, as previously mentioned, we do have a, a special guest with us tonight. We have Mr. Kyle Stacy, and uh, Kyle Stacy has joined us this evening because we're we're going to kind of dive into something. A, well, I want to say it's different. It probably has been talked about before, but uh, hopefully we're, we're putting sort of a spin on it. But uh, basically, we're we're going to talk about orientational flying and why it's important. But we're going to try along the way make associations to those orientations and explain why those are important for specific maneuvers down the road. So if you're struggling with a particular maneuver, then maybe you need to take a step back 
and learn specific orientations. And of course, there's so many maneuvers out there. Of course, we can't touch on all of them, but we're certainly going to do our best to get some of the basic ones that are they're pretty well known and you know what have you. So at any rate, we're going to try and uh, do that. And uh, man, let's get started. What do you guys, uh, what you got? What's the first thing that people would want to learn right out the gate? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Sell everything and get out the hobby That's now. That's what I was in when he's like, you better take a step back. I know. Check I yourself. I was talking too fast. I was trying to cut in. But All right, Kevin. Uh, Understood. I'll put the radio down. Uh, <laughs> pump the brakes. <laughs> well, oh I think for me it was, you know, hovering in all, all, all eight orientations, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so let's go I through the list though, from beginner to intermediate to expert, and let's just on, touch on that, and then okay. we'll move to the next thing and do beginner, intermediate, expert. So they so they see the progression from each of the beginner stuff, you know, as it goes down in a line. There, does that make sense? Oh, I see how this works. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so. In beginner, we, we said hovering in all eight, right? So off your left right. and right shoulder, not just in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's for, you know, we categorize as being a beginner type uh, maneuver, right? Orientation. So sure. now in intermediate, we have. Uh, so hovering eights uh, would lead to, um, you know, doing flips or rolls while maintaining the same position. So that way you could you could keep it in control, uh, you know, no matter because obviously if you're doing just a, a 180 flip, you know, you could be going from nose left to nose right, right? But it needs to stay in the same position. And so hovering in all eights, in my opinion, going from beginner to intermediate, to me, intermediate would be the next step of, you know, doing flips or rolls stationary. And then moving from intermediate, doing hovering, uh, hovering eights with continuous flips you'd then go into like stationary pirouettes which would then lead into like pirou flips right right so that'll be at the very top like expert we would consider that an expert and right i think that just makes sense i mean um do you guys agree that that's kind of like a progression that you would see you know for uh, hovering eights I, w- I would think so. I mean, I I know that I went from a course hovering and, and I started doing... It's funny that we're talking about this because I, I did it and didn't realize that, you know, this is how it was going to be discussed. <laughs> but for a long time, I think probably watching Kyle Stacy or, you know, watching these other top level guys like doing the stationary flip, like that's become part of my if you want to call it a routine, uh, you know, sometimes at some point I'll just do stationary flips, you know, and, uh, and then of course meeting Scott, you know, you started doing, um, the flips in as if it were a clock, you know, not so much the clock is rolling, which we covered in full pool school, but, uh, just doing stationary flips and doing, um, what do you, did you cut it into like eight slices? Is that how you do it? Uh, yeah. When I was doing it elevator first. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just started doing it like each forty-five, and then each ninety degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but getting used to the helicopter being in those orientations, going from upright to inverted, 
of course, later on, if you can do stationary pirouettes, now you're going to be pretty comfortable with it spending the entire time doing pirouette flips. That would be my, my, my guess. Yeah. So what do you think, Kyle? I would tend to agree. I kind of like the progression we have here of hovering all eights and then moving it around flips and rolls and, and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing that people tend to learn with hovering around and doing all the eights is you, you learn to drive the heli around instead of letting it drive you around. If right. you learn to, do, to use the rudder to get through the turns and everything, you get comfortable using both left and right rudder to get your way around. And then, you know, stationary pirouettes, you also learn to drive it around with a cyclic. Because if you're pirouetting and you just get forward forward elevator it's just it's either going to do like a angled pirouette or it's going to go on the ground right you you have to learn to (laughs) to kind of stir the stir the cyclic to get it to go where you want which you know it feels like a natural progression from stationary pirouettes to maybe pirouetting circles and then to to pirouetting flips so now you mentioned something that that we didn't write in the notes here but you were saying as you're doing these flips uh have it travel doing left rudder as well as right rudder so that's a pretty interesting take too, is to, because like with the stationary pirouetting, right? You know, upright, of course, we can do left and right rudder as well as inverted uh, practicing doing left and right rudder, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm horrible with right rudder pyro flips. Like I, I suck at them. So, you know, obviously I have work to do, but you know, a lot of people just like myself, you know, you, you tend to do left rudder first, you know? That's the thing is like it- you know, a lot of people set out to say, oh, like my number one goal is I want to learn pro flips and they either pick left or they pick right. And then mm-hmm. whatever they get comfortable with, that's what they do. And I, I can't blame them because that's exactly what I did. I learned how to do left rudder pro flips and I, uh, I rode that train for years before I was like, oh yeah, the, the rudder stick goes the other way too. Right. And, and <laughs> it was kind of like relearning things. And even to this day, I'm still not like 100% dialed in with right rudder. I can get through it obviously, but it's not, it's not as natural for me as left rudder is. So yeah, to anyone listening, as soon as you learn left hand, left hand, anything, whether it's pirouettes, rolls or whatever, you know, immediately start doing it to the right. To make yourself a more well-balanced pilot right yeah i dug myself in a huge hole with that when i learned mm-hmm. like i only ever learned anything left hand and i did all my circuits left hand and then it wasn't yeah. until like like 2017 my buddy's like turn right and i was like what do you mean turn right? of course i can turn right and i was like i can't turn right <laughs> <laughs> right it was so embarrassing <laughs> Yeah, well, I think er- early on for me, I got in the habit of doing like slow, really slow pirouetting hovers, like after learning the orientation, uh, like holding one spot and then you kind of get into doing like a super slow, like one er- one revolution every 15, 20 seconds. Right. Uh, and it kind of helps you hit every point. And then you, once you can hold that in one spot and then try to start driving it around. Mm hmm was uh was a big thing for me for sure I think and i started stationary... doing those sorry i was gonna say i think doing the stationary pirouetting things because i know you touch on those a lot uh i i think those are really key like it, yeah those help out a lot yep yeah that was a big thing for me and when i first started doing them i used to do them left and right and then I, for some reason i quit doing them right and now now i'm the guy that uh can only do stuff to the left <laughs> and dreams about pushing the rudder stick to the right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
dreams about pushing the rudder <laughs> i can't do it man my brain melts like i've been slowly working at it like doing half pyro flips with right rudder and dude ever- it is it's like a I don't know. It's like I instantly forget how to do anything. Mm-hmm. Do you ever drop the collective like the opposite direction too? Sometimes when you move oh, to yeah. right rudder, yeah, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> into the ground. That's that's probably one of the hardest things is like keeping the collective where it's supposed to be. Because I'm thinking about everything else. Like you think collective, oh, that's that's the easy part. Yeah. But you're so focused on everything else, it's like you can't hold an elevation. You're like climbing, falling, climbing, falling. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So this next one here, uh, Ben and I had, had conversations about this. I don't know that we have an association to intermediate. We'll get to that in a second, though. But ultimately, what the second bullet here is, is that uh, just moving straight line from left to right or right to left across the field, more or less, or even going away from yourself and towards yourself. And what I was teaching him, uh, because he was feeling a little bit trapped, And so I said, well, have you done where you move the helicopter, you know, nose left out towards your left, go up, stall turn, and just come straight back down in front of yourself and then go up and stall turn to come back, you know, in front of yourself where you're keeping it on the field line where it's staying that way, but also doing that backwards where you would go up, you know, backwards, stall turn it where the tail comes down again, and then come across the field because coming off your left shoulder you know, is a completely different orientation moving backwards versus what it feels like on your right shoulder with it going away from you backwards. It's the same same movements, but it just, it's all of a sudden it's completely different because it's going away as opposed to coming towards you, right? And, and I also was telling him he should do it, you know, out in front of himself, turn the tail, come back in front of him, and then, you know, obviously put, pitch the nose down where the tail comes up, then roll it back where now you're seeing that make a U-turn right in front of your face kind of thing, and it's moving away tail first away from you as well. Mm-hmm. So, And I think, I think early on, if you can do it, and Kyle, you'll, you will probably agree with me, um, Doing like learning angles is key if you plan on doing any kind of like flight demos or any kind of competition flying. It's like if you learn your 90 degrees and your 45 degrees, um, try to do stuff at those angles because it makes it look more symmetrical. It just looks like a way cleaner flight. You could do the same stuff that you're doing all over the place, but if you make it like on right angles and 45 degrees, it makes it look so much cleaner and smoother. For some reason. Yeah, it's actually funny you bring that up. I was talking to Curtis Youngblood at one point about competition flying, and he said, like, when he was a judge, he would award more points to guys who did stuff at strange angles or did rudder reversals at, like, a not a natural point. Like, if someone's going to do a left-hand pirouetting flip and then reverse and do right rudder, nine times out of ten, they're going to reverse when it's hovering uh, blades up tail end they reverse there but he said he would award more oh. points to people who would reverse in a random spot because it's a lot harder to reverse and pick up the cyclic inputs if it's like nose down 45 and you know yeah. you make it smooth and, and transition to the next direction so interesting you know, def- yeah doing those weird angles is definitely helpful you know i almost kind of feel like that this second bullet here scott might be something that we might pull for full pull school for those guys that aren't as advanced, maybe? Well, I was going to say for intermediate, for 
you know, moving it around in different directions and stuff was going to be like the Curtis Youngblood pirouetting tease that he has you do. Mm, okay. You know, moving it around while it pirouettes. Yeah. So drawing a box, drawing a letter T, doing circuits, doing stall turns while it's pirouetting is a mm. good intermediate stepping stone. Yeah. From doing them stationary. Right. And that kind of takes you into the expert one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. All right. And what is the expert one? So I, I think that was one that kind of got a little neglected. Um, but uh, it's definitely, well, so speaking of that and making it more complicated. So at this point, even though we were discussing doing tail first and nose first, you know, left and right of the field, you know, now you could do those sideways. And, you know, so whether it be tail in or nose in, more or less, you know, you would also be doing that. So that could start intermediate, I would say, is if you could learn to pirouette those and or maybe not your intermediate, but you know what I mean? Like where you're kind of maybe changing orientations like every, I don't know, you know, 15 feet or 20 feet or, you know, whatever of flying, you know, where now you're kind of starting to move into, you know, changing orientations on the fly, maybe not pirouetting it, but, you know, but that's, to me, I think that that would kind of start moving into some pirouetting stuff later on an expert, you know, where it's coming across the field pirouetting as opposed to just being a straight line. Right. So, yeah. Because that would, you know, a lot of times that would start going into a pirouetting loop, you know, or even upside down that could be going into pirouetting funnels, you know, later on, which I know we kind of have some things here too to touch on, but. Uh, yeah. And that's where I was kind of angling at when you start drawing pirouetting shapes flat and upright as an intermediate, then it turns into more dynamic Mm-hmm. maneuvers with flips turns stuff like that pirouetting loop circuits and if you're a badass doing pirouetting globes like kyle stacy here yeah yeah for sure now uh the next one here i see something called tail aiming at pilot moving in a horseshoe yeah so it's quite a bit easier than some of the stuff we've been mentioning here but what it is is a way to try and get like more precise tail control because a lot of people when they're learning as beginners tend to stab the rudder um, and they'll do little adjustments to try and put it where they want it and then leave it and they're scared to to manipulate the rudder as they're going through a maneuver so what it is is your helicopter will move kind of around you and like a half sphere sort of thing obviously not going past the flight line or anything but the tail will always be pointing right at you as you move from the left all the way to the right and then all the way back to the left so you're exercising like more precise rudder control to keep that tail pointed at you kind of like a barrel of a gun kind of thing mm-hmm. um doing that tail in nose in side in working your way through the orientations and then intermediate would be doing that same maneuver inverted um through the same uh you know same pattern Mm because i I notice a lot of new people when they're they're hovering around and moving around that they don't have the tail control kind of thing yeah yeah i dig that yeah something that i just thought of is that aiming the tail through that horseshoe kind of trains your brain to link aileron and elevator inputs with rudder which is going to be super super beneficial down the line for funnels i feel i would feel like 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So like the small, finite, like minute inputs you got to give for funnels, you know, learning that early on in a simple maneuver, like a horseshoe and, and training your brain, how much you need to give and, and what it feels like is going to be really beneficial further down the line, learning funnels, I would say. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Very cool. So, it uh, looks like the next one here, which is a bit more straightforward, but we have uh, learning circuit circuits, forward and backward, all eight orientations, of course. And uh, these would be pretty flat, I would imagine, right? So, it wouldn't be <clears throat> yeah. where there's a steep angle of the disc. You'd be surprised, too, that, that the amount of people that they can do circuits, they can do it upright, inverted. But then just something maybe as simple as upright backwards flight through a circuit mm-hmm. throws a wrench in the works. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's not something that's commonly done in a routine. It's not something that's popular and people just sort of don't bother to, to practice it. But, you know, nonetheless, it's an orientation and direction that can, can help add to your your portfolio of maneuvers, if you would. Right. Right. One thing that I noticed with circuits is... It's easier for me anyways, it's easier to do them faster than it is to do them like slow and controlled. So if you can force yourself to do them nice, slow, tight and controlled, uh, you're going to be way better pilot than just trying to burn through them and, you know, doing what what the plankers call, you know, bank and yank around the corners (laughs) and stuff. So Mm -hmm. if you fly it through the whole thing. And pick something as a reference to to make sure that you're you're holding yourself to a certain standard of position because doing doing a orientation or a circuit or a figure eight roughly just you know your goal is don't let it hit the ground is not nearly as difficult as you know make sure you go around this cone or it needs to go over this line like one of the hardest things i ever tried to do when i was working on increasing accuracy is is literally fly really slow over a painted line on a on a runway like like follow a, a circle that's painted on the runway it, at first it was like this is impossible and just you know beating away at it in practice made it easy but it's way more difficult than you'd think to keep something over a painted line and, and really keep the model where you want it to be and that's uh this kind of sidebars but there was a time that you mentioned to me that some teams want you to be able to fly uh more parallel with the field as opposed to right at yourself so being accurate as you're talking is something that some some people look for right yeah like some people struggle with orientations doing things to the left and to the right because it ends up over either your shoulders like you're talking about a lot of a lot of people when they learn a maneuver they feel comfortable to do it away and towards themselves like you know when you do your first loop you kind of just fly away from yourself and pull out and do a big loop towards yourself and back out because it goes right back to tail end that you're really comfortable with mm-hmm. we're doing that side on is is kind of a little little uneasy for for newer pilots and and that's kind of where i was going with that is everything maneuver wise is is cleaner and nicer left to right and especially if you're doing a high energy maneuver um it's, it's definitely preferred to do it left to the right. So if something goes wrong, it doesn't shoot past the flight line. Right, right. Makes sense. So circuits, forwards, and backwards uh, in all eight. Uh, Gucci, what would be an intermediate uh, version of that? I think that's what this is where you go into hurricanes, right? Yeah. So this will lead to just big 
wide open hurricanes where you're banking it more aggressively at this point, right? And mm-hmm. say, quote unquote, a circle is not like a, a horse track at this point, right? Because right. to me, circuits is more of a racetrack type shape, where a hurricane is a it's a big circle, mm-hmm. right? Right, mm-hmm. more flat. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more more flat, right? To where in a hurricane, it's a little more, you know, it's past, I would call it 45 degrees of bank. Right. You know, something. I mean, you can make them pretty shallow, too. It's it's all about control at that point. And you could play that at an intermediate level of, you know, how shallow can you get into that disc and still, you know, be a hurricane or make it look like a hurricane. But that's, in my mind, that was the intermediate maneuver from circuits is hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, here in Expert, um, we have that those circuits with hurricanes eventually, with all the other training, would turn into pirouetting funnels or just simply funnels. Uh, you could you could do it that way as well. Yeah, I almost feel like sometimes funnels are more intermediate and hurricanes are more, well, I guess, expert. I feel like it's way more high risk to do a hurricane low than a than a funnel low. I, I think. What did you guys learn first? So for me, it was hurricanes because circuits, right? You you it's the same inputs, right? So if you do circuits in beginner mode, right, it, it's elevator and aileron, right? Where when you go to hurricanes, it's elevator and aileron all over again. And to me, the moment you start putting that tail down, now you're driving the heli around the circle with aileron. You know, like what maneuvers do you, you know, do you do other than funnels that everything is driven by aileron at that point, up to this point, let me put it that way. Okay. So to me, hurricane came easier because you kind of already did it. It's just a, a more continuous elevator pull when you get into hurricanes right mm-hmm. um and continuous aileron you know correction um for trying to throw you over into the hurricane or over bank or on the bank so to me hurricane always came easier because i was already kind of doing it you know so that was my thoughts behind it why i, would, I look at funnel being a step more complex for me okay. right yeah, I kind of, I agree with that. I I learned hurricanes faster and earlier than I did funnels because you know it's it's just a faster and a a higher banked circuit, so to speak. I thought a funnel was harder to manage because, like Dan said, you're driving around with aileron, and then you also have to mix in rudder to keep to right. keep the circle tight and and going the way you want it to. I think it's higher risk too because you're con- you're you're having to control more axes of the of the model to keep it where it needs to go in a hurricane if things start heading south you can just kind of roll out of it and, and give pitch and and slow yourself down but with the funnel i mean it takes a bit more to get it back into a hover again i would say right i remember when i was learning funnels i had the uh synergy n5 and uh i was out there with uh Mike Swift and Jason Spaulding and and I was doing this funnel and I literally just watched it funnel corkscrew right into the ground. Nice. <laughs> and then they nice. looked at me like, "Did you mean to do that? Why why would you do that?" <laughs> and my thought in my head was like, "I can correct it. I can correct it." No, I don't got it. Oh well. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I mean it was, you know, funnels were uh definitely they came after hurricanes for me, I think for sure. Wow. I'm just backwards. Yeah. I was so scared to do hurricanes. 
<laughs> I just saw it just like grenade into the ground whenever I started doing them. And I got so scared. I was like, yep, nope. <laughs> Funnels, slow, safe, nice. <laughs> right. right. That's funny. And then you add the, the tail wine when you do a funnel. Right. Mm-hmm. When you get it really going really fast. And you oh, hear, that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's that's when I, I guess the more I do them nowadays is when I hear that wine, I'm like, oh, I'm in the sweet spot now. I just got to <laughs> hold it there. Where it the is, hurricane, yeah. I don't think you ever hear that, that tail whine ever. Yeah, it, it definitely seems more upset in a funnel than it does just a straight up hurricane. You know, even mm-hmm. with blade noise, like it's 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 almost like it's you know not happy. <laughs> but yeah, pretty. But cool. the cool thing I think um, with hurricanes too, if you become proficient at them, it's also good for setup. Like when you're doing gains on your tail, mm-hmm. you know, like if you go backwards, do a backwards hurricane. That tail will let you know if if the gain is right or not. Pretty pretty fast, right? Yeah, for you me, know? tail down discount hurricanes. Is that what it is? Tail gain. Yeah, if you have a high gain and you do one of those, it just goes all the way around. How's so, it going? Beastex. So I think so. I think the progression in this case it helps you aside from just flying is also setting up your heli right. You know, so I think that's kind of a cool little piece of information I learned over the time is that you could start get getting more information and being able to set up your heli better. Mm -hmm. So it's not just flying. Yeah. So circuits forwards and backwards. Uh, If you move into figure eight in beginner. Uh, what would this help with down the road? Whether it be inverted or upright, backward, forward? I was going to say, I would almost say that that would transition into maybe a Mobius as intermediate. Okay. I think for me, transitions, right? Just general transitions, like, you know, where somewhere at that middle point, right, right, when it's crossing in front of you, right, is where it becomes... The more figure eights you do, you start becoming more comfortable to be able to do a transition. What I mean by that, let's say you do a left turn, right, uh, upright, and when you come in front of you, you go into an inverted counterclockwise turn on the left side. So it starts playing around with transitions from the left to the right side and changing orientation at that point. Mm. And that's kind of what I've used it for, for figure eights. Mm. Like a Mobius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I I think it's valid, you know. I like to uh like to try doing vertical figure eights instead of like vertical flat. So like climbing. Typically for me they turn into figure nines. <laughs> but, uh yeah, doing them. You know different orientations because most people do figure eights like circuit style back and forth but if you try it you know it starts to help you learn your loops and stuff like that which i know we're going to touch on pretty soon here but um vertical figure eights are a good thing to to practice on that a lot of people don't yeah i'll give you that yeah that's a that's a maneuver for f3n2 and you do a, a vertical figure eight but at the top you spin it around so it goes tail first for the back half. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's mm. a fun one. 
I think they call it the standing eight, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, right. Yep. I, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, would there be, I mean, other than hurricanes, um, because a lot of people transition with those two, uh, a lot of times going, doing figure eights, but, uh, is there anything expert level that you could benefit from doing early on circuits? Literally everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough one, right? I mean, you know, to kind of think about, you know, how does this translate? You know, what's it going to teach me for, you know, later on down the road stuff? Uh, I don't know if this is quite expert, but the Mobius is one that's, you know, used quite often. That's pretty much just, uh, you know, figure eights in a way. Yeah, that's what Scott was saying earlier. Yeah, and then do that, but do a pirouetting would be... Mm-hmm. pretty expert yeah there you go yeah yeah or just utilize that in order to bring the model around at an orientation you want for your setup for your next maneuver so honestly that really helps the transitions if you can do like a creative change of direction and a flip uh in a figure eight pattern to bring it around and then do your maneuver that you're trying to get it just adds so much more to a flight mm-hmm. yep so mm-hmm. We need to take a step back. We actually forgot something here. We're kind of shooting from the hip here, but uh, we had talked about the flips, right? The stationary flips. And uh, Mr. Stacy added that that could potentially lead into TikToks. What? Oh, yeah. If you're flipping front to back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, out at the local field is, tend to, is where I tend to kind of help people more hands-on. Uh, with moving up in the progression of flying and a lot of people want to learn TikToks, and they can't quite get the timing down between the collective and, and the elevator they'll start real high and it looks like a snake is just falling out of the sky <laughs> right and what i tell them is just like do it if if you're tailing and let's say your profile like this the, the left hand side of the helicopter is to you just do a backflip and and end up inverted uh, with the right hand side of the helicopter too, and just go back and forth like that until you figure out the collective timing. Right. So that's just kind of where I got the TikTok thing from. You just start with a flip, and you just do you know a half flip back and forth until you can speed it up and and make it more of a vertical actual TikTok at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny so, when you when you're talking about TikToks with somebody and you watch them do it and the blades are just sucking wind, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, holy cow, the amount of collective they're using. You're right. And so I was telling somebody recently, I said, no, 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 just put the helicopter up in nosebleed and like stand it on its tail and just move the cyclic back really back and forth, like full range, move it back and forth really quickly. Of course, it falls. I'm like, but that's a TikTok. I'm like, now use the collective to stop it on either side. Mm-hmm. And most people, at that point, their brains are like melting. They're like, what? <laughs> but that's, the, that's what I had to do is actually show somebody, just go, just take it straight up. Put it on yep. its tail and just move the collective stick back and forth. It's going to fall, but that's a TikTok. Now work the collective in where you're stopping it on either side. So what I 
I just had this talk with Mitch uh, this past Sunday, early in the morning or Friday when right. we were flying. And he was he was like, I just don't know, you know, what I'm doing wrong. And I said, you're just overpowering with collective. He's like, what do you mean? I said, listen, put it way up there. Start doing your TikTok movement. And I said, don't worry about coming down. Just start doing your TikTok movement and then input your collective on either negative or positive until you're slowing the descent. Because he was having problems. Well, I don't know how much collective to put in. And I said, just just start putting a little bit more collective at a negative or positive until you're starting to slow down the descent. And right. when you stop, that means that's what you need for that amount of movement, you know, positive or negative within the flip. Right. And just make sure that you keep the amount that you go, you know, to the left or to the right equal and then start increasing your collective input. I said, because... You need more collective the flatter you are, right? And you need less collective potentially to the you know the more it's standing on its tail, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same idea. It's like just stand on its tail way up there. So what if it drops fifty feet? You still got fifty feet to go. Right. I said the the whole thing is the movement, you know, and then start inputting your collective slowly until you get it to slow down and it it takes you know he was like oh that that really worked you know it's better i'm like man there you go right so yeah but yeah it's it's a flip that's all it is it's just a shorter flip really that (laughs) what it comes down to you don't go all the way inverted or all the way upright right you know so those also would lead into rainbows right yeah Yeah, i mean it's it's like a really really drawn out tiktok at that point right Mm mm-hmm I learned rainbows first and then learned to shorten them up. Mm-hmm. That's how I always try and teach people TikToks because they always want to rush it. And I always try and get them to do rainbows first and then progress, tighten them up, you know, right. over time. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say that mastering that stop, that collective stop, once you can get that nice and dialed in and crisp, that would definitely open up for like that pop and lock style deck flying. Right. Because once you learn that kind of collective pop to kind of just enough to stop the helicopter where it's at, um, I think, you know, you can learn that in a way from doing TikToks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, rainbows, on the other hand, though, is sort of a different there. It's the opposite of a TikTok. I mean, right. Follow me here. I mean, because it's more collective than it is cyclic, where a tight TikTok is just the opposite. So it's kind of hard when you're telling somebody, we'll learn rainbows first. By the time they get to like tightening those TikToks up, it's like sucking wind. Right. But I guess the the reason why I do rainbows first is because that's the natural thing for people to do is just mm-hmm. dig the collective, right? Sure. So they're going to try to do short rainbows, basically. I, yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I don't. So, um, and then you kind of wean them off of that, I guess, is the way that mm-hmm. I would say it. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. The other thing, too, with rainbows, I think it gives people more an opportunity to actually guide the helicopter with aileron input. Right. So when you're like kind of falling off the track and you need to, let's say, push it away a little bit, you're able to kind of drive with aileron on the left or right um, to kind of reposition yourself. Well, so not necessarily. Like if you have a headwind, you're not going to use aileron. You're going to use the tail. You're actually going to point the nose to the right because it's going to want to travel that way, and that's how it stays away from you but maintains its position. 
I guess I, I don't, I don't do it that way, you know, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's just for me, I've been using the aileron in a rainbow to kind of guide it what I need it to be. And that oh, kind of opens you. Yeah. Mm. In a rainbow, not a TikTok. Uh, it's not like a traveling TikTok where you actually use your tail, you know, control to make it move left or right or whichever direction you want it to go. All right, tiebreaker. So, so Kyle, if you're doing rainbows, <laughs> if you're doing rainbows and you had a headwind, would you point the nose or would you use aileron? What would you do? Uh, try and put myself in that position right now. I think I would probably tend to use aileron. I think that would probably drive it more in the direction that I want to go in rather than rudder. Personally, so you're gonna. But go, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I think it's, it just kind of comes down to what's more comfortable for you to keep it going. On yeah. the trajectory that you want it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. Where to me, it just gives me the most authority to push it in the direction. It's not like a slight adjustment. You could really make it do what you want it to. Not right. to say that the the having some tail control too or tail input mm-hmm. is not going to get you in the same spot. It's just it might be a little bit more radical of an input in order to get it to where you want it to be. That was just my thought. But a lot of people forget about the aileron, right? I mean, when you do like rainbows, they they just focus so much on elevator and then collective, right? And probably tail a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, cool. Rant rant over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, but these rainbows and and TikToks, of course, in... Uh, the expert realm, we would we would start moving into pirouetting rainbows, and then the pirouetting uh, TikToks, right? I would say so. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, before you get into like pirouetting TikToks, you'd probably want to do the four point TikToks first because that kind of right. that teaches you all four orientations, and then you you work your way forward from there. But the pirouetting rainbows, I think, in my opinion, I would I would definitely recommend someone to learn a pirouetting rainbow before a pirouetting tiktok because this is probably going to sound weird but you can fake a pirouetting tiktok just by giving i'm trying to figure out my head right now if you give left rudder and then right aileron and then just jam the collective back and forth if you get the timing just right it'll look like a pirouetting tiktok but it's a fake pirouetting tiktok not going to drop any names but a lot of pros do that but with a (laughs) With a pirouetting rainbow, you actually have to learn to drive it around because there is no faking it at that point. It takes up so much space that you yeah. you really have to learn each individual input. Interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So what are we moving into next, Gucci? What we got? I think we were talking about uh, rolls and loops. Nice. So that was beginner mode, right? You just... Yeah. Just a good old loop and just rolls, axial rolls, right? Yeah. So moving from beginner, you know, just doing uh, rolls and loops, I guess you would transition into, um, I mean, for intermediate, do you really have anything that could be considered intermediate for rolls and loops? Maybe changing orientations, let's see if you're doing a loop at the top of the loop, when were you going from nose first to tail first? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you got, Scott. Yeah, no, that's exactly what Gucci said. I love those. Yeah. You're just doing a loop, and you just flip it the other way in the top, and you know, you go up yeah. nose first, flip it around, come down tail first, and adds okay. a little flare. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. And then if you move into um, 
you know, into the expert, that's when you start going into pirouette loops, where it's almost a mm-hmm. continuous pirouette through your whole loop, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And same thing for, I guess you could even use it for like flipping loops, which I think that this is something you put, Scott. Yeah, flipping loops or um, rolling circuits. The rolling circuits. That's a huge one, right? Because then you could do figure eights, right? You yeah. could, you know, in the expert level where you're connecting multiple of these maneuvers into one. So, Kyle, rolling yeah. circles, tail or no tail? Um, I learned it first without tail, and it just kind of, it looks kind of, I would say, chunky, because you're you're just kind of using the cyclic to, to push it around uh, at that strange angle in the roll where you do, you do need the rudder. So right. anyone who asks me for advice learning for rolling circles, I definitely tell them to use the rudder. And how I do it, or how I explain to do it is, you know, just split each roll into a half roll. You know, get yourself going at a reasonable pace in a circuit and then start doing a half roll. And as soon as you get inverted, you give a little bit of rudder and then you do another half roll. You give a little bit of rudder and then you just you work your way around the circle that way until, you know, at some point you're just not doing half rolls anymore. You're doing complete rolls and you 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 learn naturally that way uh, where to where to apply the rudder uh, throughout the entire circle. I would have to say that's one of the most difficult ones to do because there's so much going on. Every time you flip it. Yes. Absolutely. So so we need to have uh teach yard sale something here segment for a second. <laughs> because my rolling circles stall out of like momentum. And at I what, think it's because point? I'm over controlling it. At, at what point do they stall out? Halfway through uh when it starts hooking to come back towards me. So I would say if you're at a clock, it would be going counterclockwise would be the 10 o'clock-ish area, 11 o'clock-ish. Normally, just past halfway. Yeah, normally when I see people come to a stop in a rolling circle, it's actually not enough elevator driving it around, as weird as that sounds. They're not, they're not applying enough elevator at the, I don't even know how to explain this, at the elevator point, I guess. Mm. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I would just try feeding in more elevator when you find yourself at the stopping point. Okay. To push oh. it through, yeah. Interesting. Because I thought I was over-controlling it, so I kept trying to give less inputs. I mean, it's hard to tell without seeing it yeah. in person, but I think it might be due to lack of enough elevator, personally. Lack of skills. It could be. No, <laughs> Definitely kidding. what it is. Kidding, kidding. Also, You're the other <laughs> thing that, that plays into it is like, the rolling direction. I always recommend people to roll into the circle. So if you're doing a counterclockwise forward yeah, uh, rolling circle, you use, you know, left out run. Can't yep. do it. Can't do it. You got to, Kev. Come on. I'm, we I'm just a righty. discussed this. I'm What's, a righty, bro. <laughs> tough. What's really weird is I can do them pretty, pretty well on an airplane, but yeah. on a helicopter, for some reason, I can't. I can't figure it out, and I don't. I can't figure out what's different. So I don't know if I'm doing <laughs> airplane rolling circles. Momentum. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that prop's pulling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah, awesome. I'm back asswards too. I learned it rolling to the right, going to the left, like rolling outwards. I mean, I'm not saying I'm very good at it. I do. I'm kind of you know wonky looking that Kyle's explaining because I don't use a lot of rudder. Yeah. I just I just feel like when you're rolling away from the circle, you're just working so much harder because when you roll into it, it helps pull it around. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like but, to try hard. 
Makes yeah. sense. Whatever is easiest for you guys. I mean, you know, it's all whatever That's comes quickest. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm a stubborn git. <laughs> no way, never. A stubborn git. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was his roots, Lassie, coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I <laughs> left a rosebud in them there for you. <laughs> oh gosh, cool. Uh, before we jump into the last one here, is there anything else that maybe we've forgotten? Do you see anything here? I know it seems short and sweet, but. Uh, kind of i mean we probably could go on about it for days but you know you know when we talk about it, it's kind of just seems easy right but it, it all goes back to those basic orientations like I, I don't know how else i could describe it but any of the expert maneuvers that they do is just a breakdown of those basic orientations of some sort and i think yeah. you do this scott right where when you're trying to learn a maneuver you literally break it into chunks like quarters or whatever the case may be or entry exit and some you know intermediate level of the maneuver itself right yeah that or if there's an orientation aspect to it that maybe i might not be strong on i'll focus on that first rather than focusing on the maneuver and then by the time that's cleaned up shocker the maneuver is easy at that point it was that orientation <laughs> that was holding me back yeah that happens a lot actually for me did we did we cover autos yet? No, we're about to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's just say, is there anything other than you know we're under power, you know, versus no power? So I but, think uh, this is it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good. I definitely wanted to say to circle back, like you were saying, Gucci, is that uh, you're hovering or whatever orientational thing you're working on is to be sure that you do those things off of both shoulders left and right because it does as scott has mentioned i think before it changes the orientation even though it might be you know left nose facing you know to the left you know off of your left shoulder that's like tail in versus off your right shoulder which is nose in essentially right yeah yeah you know, so I think that it's very important that people cover that as well, just simply because, you know, once you get to circuits and whatever else, you know, you're you're going to be hitting that all the time. Yeah. Another thing I'm trying to do when I'm learning these things is I kind of feel out a, almost a feeling of discomfort while I'm doing it. And if I find one of those feelings and I'm flying, I try and focus on that orientation or that location or that position because obviously it's not comfortable. Like I didn't like it. I didn't feel a hundred percent in it. And normally you'd fly through that, get out of it and go, Oh man, that sucked. All right, let's do something I'm comfortable with. But lately when I'm trying to progress, if I want to try and get that stuff fixed, I'll keep hitting that zone where I didn't feel comfortable or that, you know, orientation or whatever I was doing. I'll try and hit it over and over. Almost like I'm trying to iron out the, the, the bad feeling, if you would. Mm -hmm. And it gets more comfortable the more you do it. And within, you know, sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's like, you know, an afternoon. Sometimes it's a couple days. It depends how complicated that specific issue is. But it gets easier. That feeling goes away. And then you've got it. 
you know, it's, it's now no longer a problem. Right. But I've made it a point whenever I'm out flying just on my own or with a couple of friends that are looking to progress is I, I'm not out there flying 3d and having a good time. I'm hunting for these feelings where I don't like the feeling the models in, you know, mm-hmm. and I try and make those go away. And I'll tell you when those start going away, flying gets so much more enjoyable. Sure. It's no longer a worry at any point. It's just, just enjoyment, you know? You're probably one of the only pilots that I see frequently do orientational things, you know, where not every flight, what I'm getting at is not every flight is a demo flight. And, uh, cause most people that we fly with, you know, it's, it's all or nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, well, I got tired of blowing up my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? We'll work on not doing this anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's avidly try not to crash today. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's been working. Yeah. Well. All right, keep thinking if you got some stuff, but uh let's move on to autos. So, uh obviously in the beginning, uh I've even witnessed it within the past few months where uh even pulling throttle hold from like 5 or 6 feet up like is scary to them. So, I know in the beginning days, you know, we do little short autos that are like 3 feet off the ground or you know, four feet. Then of course we start progressing to six feet. Uh, and then, you know, getting into the intermediate realm, you know, obviously we're doing much higher autos still upright, of course. Um, and, uh, this is an area that I, it's not that I don't know how to do autos. I, I do, but I don't do them all the time. And I know Scott, like you end every flight with the, you know, an auto of some sort, whether it be inverted, upright, whatever. But uh, what are your thoughts on this, and uh, and what would it move into for expert? I mean, is there any other way to end the flight? Oh yeah, <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, they're good. I always practice them because you know when you grow up with nitro, it's yeah. kind of they quit kind of all the time when you have no idea how to tune a motor. Sure. So yeah, I always tried to learn that. I was paranoid about power failures. And I always thought they were kind of badass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I watched this dude with an XL60. He did an auto and he brought it down on a tarmac runway and he slid that thing like 200 feet on the skids. And I was like, holy cow, I want to do that. So mm. they always kind of were important. But I guess progression from doing those little, you know, learn how to feather autos near the ground. Um you know, one would think, oh, you'll go from five feet to like 10 to 20 feet, but that's like a huge mistake. Like if you, you put it in that zone, you're in like a dead man zone where you don't have enough altitude to to get enough energy in the blades to keep the auto going. Mm-hmm. But you're you're right. also too far away from the ground to use the remaining energy to, to, to land the model safely. So you've almost got a full commit with autos. Right. So, I was, I was going to say it's it's easier to do bigger autos than it is little short ones. Absolutely. So you got to learn like the feathering as a basic maneuver. Um, You know, you'll cut it at like hip height and then feather it down to the ground and touch softly. And that's basically what you're going to do once you flare and let's call it an intermediate auto. But at that point you got to go right up to, you know, 100, 200 feet, whatever you want to do, but you got to get up there. And as you're coming down, you got to learn how to kind of, Make sure that you're you're building energy in that rotor disc, or at least sustaining it on the way down. But at that point, you're literally just driving it down and waiting. And it's the same 
uh, same flight condition until you flare and you want to land it. And once you flare and you want to land, it's the same thing you've been doing as a beginner. You know, hip height autos. So it's it's kind of an easy thing to, to jump, but it feels scary going to that high altitude because you're like, oh my god, it's going to just drop out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And then when you do advanced, you guys can take that one. So real quick before we jump into advanced, uh, one thing that I found that helped me, because the biggest thing when I first started learning autos was I couldn't land it anywhere close to where I was actually standing. Yeah. Uh, would like land it way out in the middle of the field. So somebody told me just to basically fly when you're doing the auto, aim it directly at yourself. Obviously you're not going to let it hit yourself, but it's actually going to, end up landing like within 10 feet of where you're standing for the most part so if you are struggling with that that's one thing that i did was just kind of point it at yourself and make it feel like you're flying it right at yourself and you'll end up landing pretty pretty close that's interesting yeah 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 Yeah. i was always scared to do that but it does help yeah that depth perception and and in relation to where you're standing it's it's a weird thing for sure yeah right yeah. What I try and do is a really, really safe auto from altitude is is 45 degrees. If you bring it into the 45 degree angle, it's almost impossible to screw it up. So I always try and imagine a line from where I want it to land, 45 degrees up, and that's where I got to put the model before I hit hold. And it typically works. It kind of got me where I'm now. Yeah. Kyle, do you remember those days? Uh, yeah, I do. I remember, I remember learning to auto. My first auto was a complete forced auto. Uh, I was flying my Raptor 50 and flew it out of fuel up pretty high and Ooh-oo. yeah, learned the hard <laughs> way. Thankfully, uh, just figured it out on my way down and my dad was kind of coaching me through it, uh, to get back on the ground. But yeah, I remember those days fondly and uh, learning, you know, mm-hmm. trying to drive it back in towards myself and, and landed at my feet instead of, you know, 30 feet away and all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some good times. Yeah, that was kind of the only reason that I learned autos was in case the engine conked. But, you know, and even then, like I say, it wasn't something that I did all the time. But I at least knew enough to get it down in one piece, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so then expert, of course, we're talking about inverted or aerobatic autos. Um, I tell you what, Kyle, why don't you walk us through going from upright autos to inverted because obviously i think there is a different approach is there not i mean i know it's essentially the same but there's something about it being inverted versus upright that sort of changes things a a bit right i think before i recommend anyone to try an inverted auto what i try and talk them through is learning how to tilt the disc and adjust the pitch to gain and lose rpm uh, at your own will in an upright auto. As you're coming down, learn to either tilt the disc forward or backwards and, you know, pay attention visually and listening to the blades itself to hear the the, the rotor RPM go up and down and mm-hmm. figuring out what angles work best for that. Because, you know, if you're right side up, you can get the RPM back and just land very real quick and easy. But if you're inverted, you run out of options real quick you know, right. when, things, when things go wrong. So I think... With inverted, when you're first trying to learn it, I I tend to recommend people to kind of drive it towards the ground faster than an upright auto uh, to just try and keep the RPM up and then learn to feather it from there. But sure, um, and then of course just bailing out higher 
uh, I always tell people to start with a roll rollout. So if you're coming down inverted, always roll out mm-hmm. instead of a flip because it uses far less energy. Uh, and just you know, come down, come down at a, a decent speed and decent pace, and about I don't know, fifty feet off the ground, just put your collective at about zero degrees, roll it over, and then just come down like a regular auto at that point, and just keep pushing it lower and lower and lower until you're comfortable with you know the the transition from inverted to upright. Okay. Any particular angle of, you know, of the nose and, and, you know, relation to the tail, I guess, you know, like 45 degree, 30 degree, 20 degree. I mean, you know, what's, what's the, the angle coming in inverted, would you say? Um, that's a good question. It's kind of all relative to the wind speed that you're, you're battling with as well. Sure. No, it, it kind of all changes. I think forward speed is probably more important than the actual angle of the heli, especially depending on the wind. You know, you always want to come into the wind, never with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think forward speed is probably more your friend than the actual angle of the heli. But it also comes back to just learning how to tilt it to, like, tilt the heli, the disc, to gain and lose RPM, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tilt it back or tilt it forward, and you can, you can actually hear the blades speed up and slow down that way. It's definitely something I'm going to have to start playing with because I, I, I have that fear of it just plowing in on the head. <laughs> oh, it will. It will. My, my will. first one, I was so scared. I didn't even hit throttle hold. I went full power, full positive, <laughs> inverted. And because like we were, we were practicing them under power, just like mm-hmm. going through the, the movements and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. Then when it came time to actually hit throttle hold, I like froze and never hit throttle. <laughs> I drove it straight in on the head. Right. Funny. Yeah. Destroyed it. Nice. One thing I like, I like trying to learn too is, is different shapes of descent for an auto. Mm-hmm. So once you're starting to do, you know, overspeed autos or floating autos and things of that nature, um, you know, you're coming down at different angles at different points in the auto rotation. So like I might do one where, you know, I'm still, the model is still, you know, 45 degrees up in the air from where I want to land, but I'll dive almost straight down and do like an overspeed and then I'll skim across the ground. And because I'm going so fast, I got so much energy in the model. I can get it back to the, the landing spot or vice versa. You know, I'll float it till it's almost, you know, almost on top of me and then I'll drop straight down and then I'll speed up the blades again and then feather and land like trying to do different approach angles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of fun and a lot of benefit to work on. I think one of my favorite things is to hang, try and hang an inverted auto as long as you can. It's oh, like get it low and just kind of float it in as long as you can and still have enough to flip it over. <laughs> that poor Horex. Yeah, the, the Horex wasn't that good at those. Because <laughs> every time I flop it over, I'd be putting tail gears in it. It's kind of <laughs> annoying. Or you feel like the, me, the sphincter just... does them pretty good. Oh yeah, you feel like yeah. Oh yeah, he he bleeds those in. I mean, there was there's nothing left to them. Yep. I would say probably the best autoing heli that I owned was my Logo 600 SE with oh. 690s on there. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. That thing was amazing. It's nothing but If you blades. can keep the one way together. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I just do blade stops uh, 10 foot high. Mm. Yep. Yep. Land that bad boy. That's Time right. has expired. 
<laughs> and the the funny part about it when I did that at <laughs> Charlotte, I totally like didn't even phase me that I still had power. I could have just kicked right out of it and went back up. <laughs> I was like, I'm landing this commitment right there. It's just amazing <laughs> to be able to play with the approach angles. I think that's that's kind of key for an auto is being able to control your approach angle and controlling your head speed. I don't think I ever paid attention to that. I mean, you hear it, I just don't think I made sure that I control it. I kind of just let it let it happen, so to speak, a lot of times, and it's not the best approach. So right. here's here's yeah. kind of like a weird one, Kyle. Have you ever done like an, a dismount but upright, not an inverted dismount? Like where you uh, come down with just ass ripping head speed and kind of pop it back up into a loop or something. Yeah, I played a lot with those, and I was uh, trying to throw in a lot of different stuff, like come down and get the head up to you know three thousand RPM, and then pop into a flip or a roll or something. Right. And uh, one really bad situation that I keep thinking about is uh, we were at Helly's over Delaware in 2018, I think it was. And I tried to do one of those, but it was so loud because there was people around me talking that I couldn't actually hear the head. So I just was kind of hoping that I had the right angle coming in. <laughs> and I hit throttle hold doing like a nose slide, basically trying to come in and, and you know, do the dismount uh, level out. But as soon as I gave elevator at like, 15 feet off the ground the blaze just boom instantly stopped oh, right God. and it just nose dove and drove itself into the ground so yeah those if you get the pitch just barely off it'll it'll tuck really bad clearly and it just drives itself in but yep. they're they're fun if you can get the pitch just right and then come in and you know do a flip or a pure flip or tiktoks or whatever you can squeeze in before it totally dies out yeah i might try playing with those that sounds like it'd be fun yeah yeah it's cool I'll have camera ready. No worries. <laughs> there you go. What What did Shannon say? I swear to God, auto competitions were actually uh, made up by hobby shop owners. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I remember uh, watching my buddy Dave learning inverted autos when he would like come up over the top of it to get inverted. If you hit throttle hold just a little too early, you lose all your head speed. Like completely yeah. stops the blades, and you I have a, those. a falling lawn dart at that point. I got on video. It's great. Ooh, it just flutters. It goes, and then you hear it go. <laughs> yep, into the grass. <laughs> yeah, so I usually wait till I'm like over the top and on my way down for sure before I even hit throttle hold. Because I've seen him pile a couple in trying to figure that one up. We'll have, are fun. Some, we'll have to do some inverted autos at uh, RCHO, Scott. That you going to try it, Kevin? Maybe. We'll see. Do it. Do we? Come on. Come I'll put, on. I'll put those spin blades on there just in case. Don't be a vagine. A vagine? <laughs> mm. All right. Did you watch the new Borat movie? No. Oh, man. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well. Do we have anything else that maybe we've forgotten as we were doing this that we would like to circle back on? No, I can't think of anything. Kyle, you got anything? Looking through the list again here, I think we kind of covered it all, I would say. Yeah. Like I say, there's lots of maneuvers and it would be, you know, a really long-winded conversation to try and cover 
what would be needed for all of those. But I think we've covered the basics of, of most of them. You know what I mean? Where if you followed this list, so to speak, and you learned from beginner to intermediate to expert, I feel like you could transition from each level to each level, you know, if you covered those pretty, pretty strongly. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess we can uh, move it to closing the show. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So once again, Kyle, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash kylestacyrc. If you want to reach out directly with a question, it is kylestacyrc at gmail.com. Okay. And? And? Mom, you know Bert wants you to throw out that Instagram. See, <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been so long, man, I forgot. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude said, in the words no. of Kyle, who asked you? All right, who asked you, Mike? Who that's asked right. You? That's right. Who, who asked Instagram? you anyway? <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us here at the Hellyhead Show, uh, you can reach us at theheliheadsshow at gmail If you want to be a guest, you got show ideas. Uh, if you want to comment on how. What kind of a job Kyle did on this episode? Let us know. We would love to hear from you. And uh, Mike, what else we got? Uh, you guys can go over to like our Facebook page and give us a follow and subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes. And a comment. Ooh, and a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get comments, some comments are good. going. Yeah. And a review on iTunes. Yeah, that'd be those cool. are always good. We yeah, haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah. Well, we, what do we have? Like one or two? <laughs> no, I think we got like five or six on there, actually. Yeah. But it'd be fun to have. They're all more. from Darren. They're all from Darren, and <laughs> and, and one from Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Daniel, hit that... the hit the list. Well, who we got? Oh, are we still are we doing the whole list? Just name well, out a few anyway. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's go with some of our podcast personalities. How about Free Full RC? Mm. All right, Telerotor. Mm. Yeah. Uh, shuggy, what shuggy, about Shuggy 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 Shuggy? <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Skids Up. Skids you know, Up. Let's not forget Skids Up. What's up? And then we have Houdini RC. They're back. Yeah, are they? I think so. How, how many are this week? One, two, ten. <laughs> uh, one episode following the. Uh, Pumping the brakes episode, so I I, okay. I think they have one extra, but it was him and um, I hope I get the name right. Kenny, it's it Kenny Sierra. Yeah, I think that's him. Mm-hmm. So they pumped the brakes, and now they're back on the gas. Yep. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. What about you know? I mean, we got Kyle. So you know, <laughs> the BK podcast is just are they just still going around? at it? Are they? Mm-hmm. No, nothing. Uh, it'll be back. It'll be okay. Back. Don't know when, but it'll be back. You you guys are so busy, you know, but hey, as long as we get our parts, we're happy, right? (laughs) You got it. You got it. Yep. And uh, that's kind of, what about Bill Ann? Is he still cooking? Late night cooking with Bill Ann? Yeah, he's doing uh, steamed broccoli next week, (laughs) I see. Yeah. 
All right. And then uh, we also have uh, our good friend, uh, Miss Zunter. Yeah. She's still doing some of the videos. I think she's kind of actually talking, doing videos on progression and different maneuvers and stuff like that. So that's cool. You know, give it a check. Yeah. That's all I have. Got nothing else. I'm empty. Uh, RC Speed Racer. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. What about Bob? Good old Bob. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Check him I don't out. think he's putting anything new out though, so he's. We got to get him to a fun fly. You know how it is. Yeah. You know, got to give him some content. Yeah, he he bought a new gun. He sent he's sending me pictures today. So gosh, everybody's getting into shooting now. Mm. Uh, so it was helis, then mountain bikes, now shooting. Damn it! Yep. Yep. <sighs> I tell you. Yep. That's All it. Right. Some partake words. Let's do some partaying words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a few. Okay. I always have a few. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start my first one. Hashtag 580 Nitro Ripper. Love that little red machine. Then uh, <laughs> I borrowed my uh, 580 from Mitch to so I could build it in time. That's right. Then I got hashtag, <laughs> hashtag tandem survivor. <laughs> I wish... Dang, I wish I could do another tandem mm. with Scott. Mm. You can Those... come this weekend. Yep. Oh, man, I wish. Oh, you speaking never know. of which. Yeah. I heard that if, well, Steve Yoon is coming. Uh, he's mm-hmm. going to be there. But he's okay. hoping that Andy is going to be there. But there was oh, a special request made if they all oh. show up. Oh, I say they all. It's two of them. But <laughs> they said they don't want to do a versus Heli Heads show. They want to do a... A uh, uh, what do you call that? A, a quad quantum, I guess. <laughs> quantum. A, a quantum. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, I guess if Andy doesn't show up, then it'll be a trandom. But yeah. if it's no, if dude, it's all before, yeah, we're gonna instruct on quantum tunneling. Okay. There'll be so much goblin, like you know, power and that whole happening. Goblin is, this is, dirt. <laughs> you guys can't keep saying trandom. You got to start reading those anti-discrimination emails I've been sending out. I'm sorry, sorry, missed the memo. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe we could do like everyone do just a globe together. Like maybe we could make a globe, you know, doing the quantum, quantum. like the motorcycles in the cage. Got it. Cool. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> God, I haven't seen that in years. But yes. All right. Let's hit it. All right, and I have two more. Oh. I deleted one. Um, I'm going to go to I like big hovers and I cannot lie. <laughs> and then, such a you know, this is the latest one. I like it. It's hashtag hover hard as fuck. <laughs> so that's all I have. Sweet. Yard sale. You're next. Nice. All right. So this week I got Ohio is for fun flies. Hmm. Yeah, buddy. We got a new one. Hashtag get your frozen ass out and fly. (laughs) This is the Canada version. Hashtag burning nitro, not ballots. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, You don't live in Pennsylvania. What's that? You don't live in Pennsylvania. I'm close enough. (laughs) You are. Uh, And we can't have an episode without... Hashtag Equipo Esfinter Socio. Oh, Oh, man. And I got hashtag, it's okay, I'll run your fun fly. (laughs) Hashtag, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. 
Hashtag under a desk near you. <laughs> no one's going to get that. <laughs> and hashtag bitchmans. Nice. All right. Well, next we've got Kyle. Give us your hashtags. Uh, I apparently have two. Yeah. First one is uh, hashtag lukewarm hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hashtag who asked you? <laughs> Oh gosh, that's great, <laughs> man! All right, wrapping it up, we got uh, from our boy K Dub. We got "Send It Till You End It" by some of his frames. Little plug there. We got uh, our boy J Treadway. We got FM Batteries, and uh, we got Film Andy doing every flight. Of course, I am uh, you know still popping breakers. That's how I roll, and. Uh, I got a new one here, it looks like. I swear it's not COVID. <laughs> it's just a rash. <laughs> it's just a rash. <laughs> oh, gosh. All they right. Call that SAB. Hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> oh, man. No, gonna... nobody? Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Wrapping it up, we got uh, hashtag 2 for hold. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode number 33 with Kyle Stacy breaking down some maneuvers and uh, orientational flying, I guess. So thank you so much for coming on. We'll catch you guys next time. Okay, bye. See ya. See ya. Litters. Hashtag who asked you? <laughs> My ankle, I ain't gay. I'm going to bed because I got to go to work super early. Thanks for a good time, guys. Under a desk near you. Yeah. Under a desk near you. All right, you guys have a good night. All right, welcome back, you guys. We, uh, as mentioned earlier, we do have a guest with us tonight. We have Mr. Kyle Stacy returning to us. Thank you very much for. What was that? Sorry. Damn it! <laughs> Somebody dropped the grill. <laughs> them brats are not going to cook by themselves, all right? No, that was that was Scott's chin falling off his hand to sleep. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm back up off the floor. We're good. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're doing this thing? All right, we're doing it. We're doing All right. it. All right. Here we go. So I kind of took that as, hey, talk about this on the podcast, because there was, like, no, nothing with the pictures, just a picture of a bunch of frames. It's <laughs> the least we could do, considering we stole yeah, the he's hashtag. Good. He's a good kid. He's been framed. Man, where the <laughs> fuck? I thought he put it in the hangout, but I can't seem to find it. Yeah, it's that and also the... The thing that he's got with Cade um, is those uh, starter wands. I got one right here. Just like really stubby ones, right? Yep. And they, uh, they're magnetic. That, well, not really magnetic, but they, you don't screw them on like the Sullivans. Do they fling out and hit you in the nuts?
supposedly there's a danger, but then again, we're flying freaking lawnmowers, so <laughs> at that point, that's right. the least of my concerns. All the best starters whip out and hit you in the nuts. <laughs> Whack a dick additions. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> I got one of those. The hobby code. Whack a dick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 13 boxes of nitro. <laughs> one exactly. round. When it, when it goes up for like a five mile radius, country people are going to be like coming out of their houses going like, Margaret, you smell grapes. <laughs> <laughs> They're opening one of them damn fancy wineries down the road. I bet you. <laughs> Goddamn Subaru kids vaping again down the street. <laughs> What are you towing that weighs 4,800 pounds? It was a 65. (laughs) (laughs) His side, bitch. They're huge. (laughs) Huge. And I'm like, who the fuck asked you? Don't care. (laughs)